scripture text in a few moments is going to be taken from Romans chapter 8, if you want to go ahead and turn there. Last Easter, my family, my wife and I and our son, we were in a very interesting place in our lives and in our ministry. We felt like a season of change was upon us, but did not discern exactly the way in which God was moving. The day after Easter, I received a, a very powerful word of knowledge from a man of God, an influencer in my life. One verse. There's two verses, actually. One verse that changed my life and perspective and outlook. And from that day last year, this verse of Scripture has manifested itself in conversations and communications to the point that I quite often I find myself signing off on a text frequently with the one Scripture text that was sent to me. It was Psalms 27 and 13. It says these words, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I found myself saying it, texting it, communicating to it with other people that were going through difficult times. The Lord would just keep bringing it back to my spirit. But don't you know this past Monday, the day after Easter, one year later, we received a call from a longtime friend and a former member who gave us a call and said that, I guess at some point during the last year, I had shared that verse of Scripture with her. And she had held on to it, believing to see. For God to work in her job and her life and her family situation, and what she called the day after Easter this past Monday to tell us, wham, on that day, God had come through for her in a miraculous way. That verse that we had shared with her months back, that one verse she embraced, she held on to, she quoted it, got in her spirit. The reason I share that with you this morning is I, I want to tell you that the whole Word of God is far-reaching and powerful. And I will go so far as to say that one verse from the Word of God is far-reaching and powerful. The whole Bible is as powerful as one verse in the Bible. And one verse in the Bible is as powerful 
as the whole Bible. And so this morning, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to speak to one verse that is packed so full of meaning and inspiration. And it is my hope and prayer that it will minister to your heart today. And it's the verse that many of us know. And it's Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. After we read it, I'm going to ask you to leave your Bibles open to it, your electronic device open to it. But it says these words, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Can you say amen to the reading of God's Word? Stretch your in this direction, if you would, and pray that God would anoint His Word today. Father, we bless you. We thank you for everything that you have done for us and everything that you are to us. Lord, we come to the breaking of the bread of life, and I just pray today that this verse, like a stick of dynamite, would just explode inside of us. The new revelation would come, a new understanding, a new appreciation from this one verse of Scripture. This one verse that has comforted, multiplied thousands upon thousands upon ten thousands of believers over the course of history. May it be alive yet one more time in our hearing and in our receiving. We thank you, we praise you, and we bless you for it. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Thank you, Pastor Tony. And we know. We're not doubting it. We know it. We're not skeptical about it. We know it. We're not guessing. We know it. We're confident. We need no strong arming or convincing. We know it. What do we know? We know that all things, not some things, not a few things, not 99% of things, not only the good things and not the bad things, but all things. Every single thing in your life, good, bad, happy, sad, irritating, peaceful, makes you laugh, makes you cry. All things. When your faith is in Christ, you don't walk around saying, God's not in that. No, sir, no, ma'am. Good, bad, or indifferent. Mammoth-sized or minuscule. All things. We know that all things, all things what? Work together for good. Not for bad, but for good. Not to be a shortcoming, not to make you feel like a failure, not to cause you to fall. All things work together for your good. Now, a key element I must insert at this point, at the very outset of this message, is to ask this question, who does this apply to? Who does this apply to? And we know that all things work together for good to them. To them. Who is to them? Look at your neighbor and say, to them. 
Who is them in this verse of Scripture? I'm glad that you asked. Them are those, number one, who love God. They just don't profess that they love God, but they possess that they love God. Those who know God, they really know God. For if you really know God, then you will fall in love with God. Let me tell you something today. A lot of people say they love Jesus, but they ignore Jesus. They don't talk about Jesus. They never spend time with Jesus. Professing Christians today are a dime a dozen, but I'll be quite honest with you, Possessing Christians are few and far between in the culture in Christianity in which we live. You say today only there's some that only know Jesus' name when they're in church. They never know Jesus outside of church. But I'm telling you today, the them to them that are in this verse of Scripture are those who are in love with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's not I love Jesus like I love chocolate or I love cotton candy. It's not uh, even like I love my wife or I love my kids or I love my dog. Newsflash today, your love for Jesus has to supersede and go above your love for anyone else in your life. Oh, can someone say amen? So much so that if Jesus told you, he won't, but if he told you that you needed to hate your mother and hate your father and only love Jesus, you would be willing to do it. I'm telling you, that's the kind of love that God is looking for from his people. You love Jesus. You breathe Jesus. You sing Jesus. You talk to Jesus. You walk with Jesus. You talk about Jesus. Jesus. He's the lover of your soul. He's your best friend. He's your closest companion. I'm telling you, you will prayer walk down the street one day, and if the Lord lays it upon your heart to lift your hands with cars passing by, you won't be ashamed to do it because you're in love with Jesus. You won't be afraid to sing when your boss is around because you're in love with Jesus. You will sing where anyone can hear the songs of Jesus. I've come by to tell you today all things are working together for your good when you are in love with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. <laughs> you may be here this morning and you say, Pastor, how do I fall in love with Jesus? Well, how do you begin to love Jesus like that? Well, I'll tell you the simplest way, one sure way is to love Jesus like that, is to begin to grasp how much Jesus loves you. When you begin to understand that, when you begin to communicate that, when you begin to dialogue with the Lord about how much he loves you, I'm telling you, 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. You cannot embrace loving Jesus until you first embrace how much Jesus is in love with you. And then when you do, Psalms 18 and 1 says these words, I will love you, O Lord, with my 
strength, with the very strength that you give me every morning to get out of the bed, first and foremost, I'm going to use my strength to love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my mind. Psalms 116 says it like this. It says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Oh, when you understand how much he loves you, when you understand that every time you speak his name, he hears you speaking his name. Every time you call upon him, he hears you calling upon him. When you intercede for someone else, when you petition on your own behalf, he never turns a deaf ear to you. He is always hearing. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. I've come by to tell someone today, if you want to fall in love with Jesus, just begin to get a grip and a grasp on how much Jesus has fallen in love with you and before long your heart will begin to explode with a love and a devotion for the one who saved your soul and set you free so not we guess but we know not some things but all things not work together for life but work together for good not all things work together for those who are casual with God and part-time with Jesus. Casual Christians and part-time saints. It's time to sell out. It's time to fall in love with Jesus. It's time to appropriate the promise when you've met the conditions. Oh, Lord, help me preach here. It's, it's okay to claim it when you live it. Now, don't shout me down here. You see, one thing we believers love to talk about is the promises that are in the Bible and how wonderful they are. There are some estimated 8,000 promises in the Word of God. But I'm going to tell you something. Hold on. Not every promise is for everyone. <laughs> Only about three of you said amen. Where is he going with this? Now, let me explain. There are unconditional promises, and those unconditional promises are for everyone. I'll give you an example of an unconditional promise. An unconditional promise for the heathen and the believer, for the sinner and the saint, is this promise from Jesus. He said, I will never leave you, and I am with you always. Sinner or saint, it doesn't mean you're saved. It just means that he is with you. I'll tell you another promise that's found in the Word of God. It says that he is willing that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It don't matter how many people are on death row today, how many lives they've taken, how many lives they've ruined. According to the Word of God, every soul created in the image of God, he is willing that not one of them should perish but that all should come to repentance right about this time somebody ought to be shouting right about this time somebody ought to be saying you know what there's still hope for that backslidden boy of mine for that rebellious daughter of mine for that grandchild that is running far from the Lord oh sometimes I want to give up hope on him but the bottom line is Jesus has never given up hope on him because he's willing that no one should perish that's an unconditional promise and yet there are conditional promises as well. He will do this based upon us doing this. Let me give you an example. If we confess our sins, that's our part. If we confess our sins, then his part is he is faithful and just 
to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from unrighteousness. That's not an unconditional promise. That's a conditional promise. That means you do your part and God does his part. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> conditional promise. And I could, I could recount many more to you. But when we look at this verse of scripture, this one verse, you can quote it all day long. But it is important for me to say to you, if you don't love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then all things in your life and future are not working for your good. You just want to gloss over it, don't we? Well, you're really getting a little close and personal here, preacher. It said, all things work together for them who love God. Who love God. Which the opposite means... If God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit are not your number one object of affection, not your number one focus, then all things in your life are not working for your good. <laughs> There's a second part of this. Not only to those who love God, but to those who are called by God. You love God, you are called by God. Every one of us here has a calling. You have a divine assignment. Jesus said in John 15 and 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you that you would go and bear much fruit. That is calling, friend. That's a, it's not just talking about calling behind a pulpit or on a musical instrument. Every soul in here is called and chosen by God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The way some believers strut around like a peacock with their feathers, it makes you think sometimes they did God a favor by choosing him. And let me just go on record for anybody that allowed their television set to be unsanctified last Sunday night. John Legend has no chance of representing Jesus Christ as a superstar. And there is no superstars in the body of Christ. He chose you. He ordained you. And your calling is more sure than the sun rising tomorrow. Your calling is as certain as your next heartbeat. Your calling is irreversible. It's irrevocable. It's immutable. It's ingenious. It's unchangeable. It's impressive. Oh, praise God. I like the way Paul said it. He said, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us are called and chosen by God. We're called at church. We are called at home. We are called on the workplace. It doesn't matter where you are. The calling is never lifted off for our convenience. If God saved you, he called you. If Jesus washed away your sins, you are now an ambassador for the Lord. Now sometimes that can put you in a unique place. I was there some time back. Church was struggling where I was serving. And so I saw the need to take a part-time job. Took a part-time job. 
went to Walmart in the evening and worked with the fruits, nuts, and vegetables. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> Was I happy about it? Absolutely not. Was I excited about it? No, because I, I knew I was taken away from the ministry. It's not that I was above uh, manual labor. It was the fact that I knew God called me to pastor. But I didn't realize what he was doing. I didn't realize everything that was going on. I just knew that this had been laid upon my heart. And so I went, and I learned. I did what I needed to do. And I kept saying, Lord, how am I supposed to? You know, I was kind and friendly. I'm telling you, I could be a Walmart greeter if I needed to be. Put me at the front door. Some of them Walmart greeters need a little smile on their face. They need a little pep in their step. I'm telling you, you come to Walmart and I'm a greeter, then bless God, I'm going to let you know you're welcome there. In fact, one time a supervisor comes to me and he says, hey, look, you're supposed to be working with fruits, nuts, and vegetables, not greeting and spending time with everybody walking in here. But I was like, Lord, what am I doing here? And one day, I'll never forget it. A little Hispanic lady that did the custodial work at the store. She was about probably four foot, four foot six, four foot seven. She come walking up to me, and she said these words. She said, Pastor Donald, with tears in her eyes, she said, I need you to pray for me. I tell you, let me tell you what some of our problems is. When somebody comes to us for prayer, we say we'll pray for them. And then a, a week goes by, a day goes by, a month goes by, and we never call their name in prayer. So I was faced with a decision. A momentous moment. A decision had to be made at that moment. Because I felt the Holy Spirit say, you know what? This is why I've called you here. This is why I've placed you here for this season and for this time. The calling hasn't been lifted off of your life. As a matter of fact, I've just placed you here for this time in a different harvest field. And so I had to make a decision at that moment. And the decision was either this. You either had to wait and tell her you'll pray for her on your own. You had to go to the back room where nobody could see you. Or you'd have to pray right there in front of the fruits, nuts, and vegetables. And that, you know what? I, I'm telling you, as, as I stood there and tears were welling up in her eyes, she said, Pastor Donald, I need you to pray for me. I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to join hands right here. Now, we did turn our back to the register, but we turned our back to the registers and to the front end, and I called upon the name of the Lord because I'm telling you right now, I'm just as much called to pray in church as I am at home. I'm called just as much to pray at home as I am in a Walmart grocery store. I'm telling you something today. I know it was risky. I knew I was taking some chances. But what is it? We can let Madonna get by with threatening to blow up the White House but the children of God are quiet in the workplace. God help us to realize we're called, chosen by God and to embrace our calling and do what God has called us to do and make a difference. My God, my God. With risk comes great reward. You have to don your shield of faith and your sword of the Spirit. You have to put your helmet of salvation squarely on your head and say with boldness, one, I love God. Two, I am called. Therefore, 
no matter what comes my way, it is for my good. Good things with bad things. Victories and defeats. Trials and conquest. Valleys and mountains. God has a much bigger plan. And he's working it out as you love God and fulfill your calling. All things. You know, obscurity is as much or more a blessing than honor is. In fact, Jesus warned us to be careful when men, all they do is speak good of us. So don't despise obscurity. All things. Being in want or need is spiritually beneficial to you as having plenty because you will depend more upon your heavenly Father when you're in need than when you are set. <laughs> Let's be honest here today. Many of us here came to know Jesus when our lives were in crisis and we had nowhere else to turn. Two places in Psalms 119. Listen very carefully to this. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I have kept your word. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes, that I might learn your word, that I might learn your ways. All things. All things. Someone goes through cancer and chemotherapy. It is working for their good. How, pastor? It's stretching their faith. It's increasing their dependence upon their healer. It's providing an opportunity to family and neighbors and doctors and nurses, medical field strangers who see true faith in action. It's submission teachableness it hurts it hurts me to even share this because I, I know part of my family here is going through some of this sometimes you can't hardly lift your head off of the table that you're sitting at because of the side effects one of the sisters shared this week and I tell you it just really, really gave me a shot in the arm in my faith when the doctors had given her up 18 years ago due to cancer. But God had the final word. God had the final say. And I tell you, she doesn't even know the amount of people that she affected by saying when the doctors gave up on her, the Lord said, I'm not done. And for the last 18 years, he's allowed me to live and see my boy get ready to walk across the stage in graduation. I'm telling you right now, all things work together for the good of them who love God and who are called. All things. God, your Father, He's involved in every single area. When you love Jesus and when you're called by Jesus, sometimes it's crazy the way all things come together. Sometimes God even has a sense of humor. 
Maybe you heard the story of the Christian lady that was at work. She got a call from her babysitter that her daughter had gotten deathly sick with a fever. She knew she needed to get some medication for her. So she left work immediately and stopped by the pharmacy to get the medicine that her daughter needed. She returned to her car. She discovered that she had locked her keys inside the car. She started to panic. She called home. Babysitter answered the phone. Told her, said, why don't you just look for an old coat hanger laying around? She looked down on the ground and she found one, but she thought, I, I don't know how to use this. And so she bowed her head, didn't know, didn't know what to do, but bow her head and pray and ask God to send her some help. Within five minutes, a motorcycle roared up. A rough, dirty-looking biker got off, and he asked her if he could help her. The woman thought, and this is what you sent to help me, oh God? With some reservation and some concern. She said yes and explained the situation. In less than a minute, the car was open. She hugged the man and through her tears, she said, thank you so much. You're such a nice man. To which he responded, no, I'm not, lady. I just got out of prison for car theft. <laughs> the woman hugged him again, and as she did, with sobbing tears, she cried out and said, thank God you even sent me a professional. <laughs> I don't understand all the ways of God. But I know this, I do know that Romans 8.28 applies to every person that loves God and is called by God. Good and bad working all together. God using the seen and the unseen. The good and the bad, the real and the imagined. Including evil deeds from evil people. It's like gears in a machine just works good and bad brings it all together flat tire and the bonus job loss and the unexpected check a heart attack that's accompanied with uplifting words and prayers of the saints the pain of divorce with the support of faithful friends until the next chapter starts just as day and night and sun and moon, wind and rain, work together for creation. All our good and all of our bad work together for those who love God. I just want to share this with someone. When things seem out of control, don't you ever forget, God is still in control. I don't know what it looks like for you today. I know some of your story, stories. I don't know all of your stories. Some of you shared some of your stories with me. And I bear burden with you. I carry your burden with you. I may not talk to you every week or every other day. But I carry your burdens with you. 
the Lord just wanted me to come by and just talk to them. Who's, who's them? To them who love God and to them who are called. He just sent me by today to encourage you. <laughs> that though you can't see it, <laughs> doesn't mean God's still not working. Jesus said these words. He said, I and the Father are always at work. He didn't have to. He could have rose from the dead. Sister Kelly just gone back and sat on his throne. But he's always at work. The God of the universe, the God of creation. Psalms 8, the writer put it like this, When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are even mindful of us? Or the son of man that you would even bother to visit us? But I'm telling you today, he's not only mindful of you, he not only visits you, he lives inside of you. <laughs> it's all coming together. I've shared with you before that my mother went through serious, serious cancer two different times. Thyroid wasn't near as life-threatening, but she went to the throes of death with ovarian cancer. And as you have done, I've, I questioned during that time, and I wondered, here she is. She'll be 79 here in a few months, and she's probably been cancer-free 15-plus years. But I would say, Lord, why? But then I remember, Brother Fred, I have a lost sister. She has lost siblings. And I remember her walking it out. It's all going to be all right. Even if the Lord called her home. And I've tried to just surmise, why in the world did she have to go through it? The heavens are silent. God just doesn't always give us the answer. But I know this that it all worked together. Sometimes our enduring faith, that's what ministers to lost people. Becky, I'm nosy, okay? I'll just tell you right up front. You put it out on Facebook, I'm liable to read the comments. But I'm telling you right now, I went through and I watched some of the comments and then I saw firsthand when she came through this prayer line the other day, as the countenance of glory was on her face, as God was touching her, and I thought, now I know what all these people are talking about. I mean, I put something out, and I get like 10 comments. She puts something out and gets 150. Because she's influenced so many people. Through enduring faith, all things not 99% of things. All things. All things, Aunt B. All things. I just want to know if there's some people in the house that will say, no matter what my future holds, I'm going to love Jesus more and I'm going to embrace my calling more than I ever have before. <laughs>